All right, so this one is called A Place for Us, and chosen those words rather specifically, A Place for Us. And Now, if you read through the Gospel of John, I think far and wide my favorite uh, person in the Bible. Love, oh, yeah. Love John. Love the book of John. Love uh, first, second, third John. Love Revelation. I love John. He's just a good guy. So if you go to 13 and 14, you'll find yourself at the Last Supper. Now, it was the fourth Passover that Jesus and the disciples celebrated together. Three and a half years. It started in the fall. So it was number four. But this was the only one they wrote about. And I think it's because everything was so different. And you don't recognize it always, but I want to help you see this maybe in a new light so you'll go, oh. So he was washing their feet, right? We all know that part, right? Yeah. But that's not a normal part of Passover. And so they're going, wait, wait, what? <laughs> there was a betrayal. Well, that's not a normal part of Passover. The bread and wine were now his body and blood. Well, that's the first for Passover. He said that he was leaving and they can't follow. Well, that's not a normal part of Passover either. In fact, pretty much everything that happened that night was not a normal part of Passover. And they were just blown away. If you watch and kind of read through it, they're overwhelmed. They seem completely lost. But just about everything that he said and he did during the meal, which, mind you, this meal they'd celebrated every year of their lives. So why were they so confused? Well, because it wasn't a normal Passover. There was an endless string of questions and confusion flowing from everyone in the room because Jesus was doing a lot more than a Seder. He was explaining what was going to happen spiritually during and after his crucifixion and resurrection. Jesus was preparing them to walk through the tabernacle in heaven. It wasn't just Passover anymore. Spiritually speaking, the real day of atonement was about to arrive. John 14 begins, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where i am you know the way to the place where i'm going and of course every disciple in the room went what <laughs> in english it looks like jesus is saying that he's going to prepare a home for us to live in for eternity and that one day he'll come and take us to heaven that's how it's been understood through the ages but I think there's a lot more to that story. I think we're reading that a little bit wrong. Now, the promise of spending eternity with Jesus is obviously very real and, good gosh, very exciting. And John talks about that quite a bit. But it's in this particular chapter, Jesus wasn't talking about leaving for a long time and coming back at some unknown time. He was about to die on the cross, and he was going to rise again in three days, ascend into heaven briefly into the heavenly tabernacle, place his blood on the mercy seat to atone for the sin of all mankind, so that he could dwell in us and make us his tabernacle here on earth, while seating us with him in that heavenly tabernacle. That was all going to happen in the following three days. So then he was going to spend 40 days with the disciples before ascending into heaven for an indefinite time period and send the Holy Spirit to fill them and us. Now, at that last Passover atonement day, Jesus was introducing them and us to what God was offering them and us now, mm. in, in the present. Not what we have to wait for in the world to come. That's why it can be a little confusing. Because we know that the world to come is coming, but there's something now that we generally miss out on because we think it's later. But because of the rather specific Hebrew concepts, both the Greek and the English tend to kind of veil the actual message. 
So there's a lot lost in translation here, but really even more that's lost in understanding. So we're going to dig in deep here. You know how I love to do that. So let's just look at the verse. My father's house has many rooms. Now, sometimes they translate that as mansions, which really doesn't help. If you're not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? All right. So we got three words. House, which is oikia. This is Greek. Rooms, mane, and a place, which is topos. Now, house. First, what is the father's house? And we've been talking about it all day, right? <laughs> Jesus used this word only one other time during the first cleansing of the temple. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house, Ikea, a house of merchandise. Well, where was he? He was in the tabernacle or mm-hmm. temple. He was cleansing it. That is his father's house. So already we know where, yeah, there is a tabernacle in heaven. That's to be sure. But it's a very specific tabernacle. Where about these rooms? In that house or tabernacle, there are rooms, Monet. Mansions is just an odd translation. The only other time in John where that word is used is also in chapter 2, verse 23. If anybody loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, Monet, with him. Now think about that. The room Jesus is preparing for us isn't a literal room or mansion. It's him. <laughs> He's in us and we're in him. God ab- God's abode or house is us for eternity. See, we're, we have that thing really, really backwards. Now, place. If I go and prepare a place, a topos for you, I'll come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Okay, so this place is within the Holy of Holies where up until then only the high priest could go. The earthly tabernacle was a copy of the one in heaven where Jesus was. Now we talked about covering. The cover of the Ark of his covenant was called the mercy seat. He removed the veil to give us access, a place, and to seat us with him in heavenly places. And I'll make sense. Ephesians 2. But because of the great love of God, a love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You grab a hold of that verse. Notice it's heavenly places, same as rooms, it's plural. Because we're now the temple or tabernacle. He's dwelling in us. He's enthroned on our praises. He's carved us on the palm of his hand. He is the book of life we're written in. All right. So 2,000 years ago, as Jesus talked to his disciples around this Passover table, he was about to do the unimaginable, to open a door for them and us to be seated with him in heavenly places. Not later in eternity, but now. While we live out our Christian life and calling, now I know, that's a whole lot to wrap your head around. But as a bit of a throwback, remember what Revelation tells us in Revelation 12? And war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place, a topos, found for them in heaven any longer. So Satan, formerly Hillel, didn't have a room or a mansion in the tabernacle of heaven. He was near the throne of God and was cast down from that place. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about the tabernacle, the heavenly tabernacle. We're not talking about some offshoot homes and mansions and rooms and stuff like that. He's given us access to somewhere that we can now interact with him right now. Mm -hmm. 
and what's more, if you read a little further into Revelation, you realize that where we're going one day is actually the new earth, and he's going to come down, we're going to dwell with him here. It'd be a little odd for him to build his rooms and mansions somewhere we're not going to stay, but that's beside the part. We're going to look into another verse in chapter 14 that I think helps you get a little more understanding on that concept called the way, the truth, and the life, where we think, oh yeah, he's the way, the truth, and the life. There's more to that, and it's actually a roadmap back to the tabernacle. And so I'm going to show you how uh, Jesus has laid things out for us next. <laughs> 